0: Thanks for downloading another episode of the Thundercast. You can follow us on Twitter at Thundercast underscore pod, and please head over to the Facebook page and the YouTube channel and give us a like and subscribe to the show. If you wouldn't mind, we got a lot of stuff that's uh, going up pretty regularly now on the YouTube channel. I just posted, uh, you know, the four interviews that we had mm-hmm. from, <clears throat> excuse me, that we had from the, uh, herd country cornhole classic. That was pretty cool. I mean, yeah, I mean, if you want to go back and listen to that Gerardi Mercer episode, I think I'll listen to it again. And I don't know how this guy has now become like a go to like personality that we talk about. But I just can't get enough of that DMX story. It was
1: so good. Well, good uh, storytellers make their yeah, way to the top. Right. And he's that's a good true. storyteller. You that's know. true. So
0: the links to the description. Uh, Links are in the description of all of our episodes to follow us on all of our social media platforms. Also, we've got links to both the Big Green, which we know are super important, and the Thunder Trust, which just debuted their Inside Word on the Herd podcast um, with some pretty big bombs that were dropped in that show. So if you want to get involved with any of that stuff, we make it really easy to support martial athletics and uh, try to help the Herd get to the next level because, hey, that's what we're all about, right? Uh, We got a lot to talk about. It was a busy week. There were some Sunbelt Championships going on. It was the NFL Draft Weekend was happening, and there's a lot of other news going around. So we're going to get into it. But first, we need to get ourselves a word from our sponsors at 304CarWreck.com. If you've been hurt in a wreck, visit 304CarWreck.com on the web or on Facebook. Matt and Jason are experienced injury lawyers in Huntington who have helped many people just like you with claims throughout West Virginia, Ohio, and Kentucky. Car wrecks, truck wrecks, and injury claims aren't just something they do, it's what they do. Find them at 304carwreck.com. Well, Russ, the draft came and went. We had the uh, tennis team was in the SBC tournament. There's some news on recruiting fronts and all kinds of good jazz, so How about we kick it off like we always kick it off with five things
1: every herd fan needs to know this week. Yeah, and this will be a true five things every herd fan needs to know this week. As always, brought to you by Ignite Link, the Tri-State's premier IT management team. Number one, you already talked about it, uh, but we're going to talk about it more in depth. Content for the 1837 NIL Honors Club is live. It uh, came out around eight-ish on Sunday evening. And uh, a lot of people were uh, talking, you know, via messages to us mm-hmm. and everything, just saying, hey, wow, great. So
0: it's yeah, live. It's live and it's worth the listen. Uh, that was a really good conversation with uh, Director of Athletics Christian Spears. Uh, as I mentioned in the intro, he dropped some big time bombs that fans are going to really be able to rally around, I think. And of course we're not going to spoil any of that content here. Uh, It it will eventually make its way into the fan base and, and permeate throughout the world. So it's not like you'll never learn about this stuff. This is a perk, right? And you give to the NIL collective because you want to help the herd and you want to see us compete at a higher level. This is just a perk that they're offering. There's no secrets here. You know, it's just, -hmm. it's just a little bonus for a little thank you. So, um, but man what a perk it is it's a, it's a really good bit of information it was a really great interview and there will be more of those you know this is something that we're going to do semi regularly so if you want to join the thunder trust 1837 uh honors <clears throat> NIO honors club the link is in the description um but it is live and um it is pretty cool so we're all trying to row the boat in the same direction russ and that direction is onward and upward for the herd
1: yeah, and a little point on uh, what you said. Make sure to go to thethundertrust.com tr- slash 1837 and sign up that way because right now there's been a little bit of a hiccup that uh, came to light after this had dropped, you know, so they're working uh, with people individually. Uh, so if if you gave already, you know, reach out to them. That's what they're encouraging everybody to do but moving forward it just makes it so much cleaner and easier uh 1837 NIL Honors Club sign up for that at thethundertrust.com/1837 1837 yeah.
0: let me let me say a couple of points that i forgot about uh we were talking earlier before we uh, hit the record button and i guess some folks had signed up through a third party site right called give butter or something give like that yeah. and that's a little bit of a hiccup that they that they have seen that they did not uh i don't know see coming that it d- doesn't grant you access to those things so
1: yeah it's like one doesn't automatically know the other and give you an account to log in to get the info yeah. so you need to reach out to them to get that taken care of
0: yeah, yeah. Go, go, ahead.
1: go ahead yeah
0: well that's what i was going to say so i think i'm going to update the link down there to to not just send you to the Thunder Trust landing page. I'll send you to the 1837 landing page so that you can, you know, one less step to find it, but you want to sign up directly through the thundertrust.com to avoid any of those potential hiccups. I mean, we both stepped up and, and joined individually this week. I had no problem, you know, creating my account. I had instant access to the thing. So I know it's, it's out there and you can do it. It's just like, um, I didn't even know the give butter thing was a, was a thing. Uh, so,
1: if, if, if you as I understand it it predated uh what they did with this oh, 37 link so that was the link uh before so again reach out to them so yeah. they can so they can make it right for you touch to you base
0: active. touch base don't please don't just get angry and be like well I didn't I'm not getting this give them an opportunity to fix it because these are these are roadblocks they didn't see coming so Contact the Thunder Trust. Say, "Hey man, uh, I signed up through GiveButter. I need to get fixed." Or, "I didn't sign up uh, for eighteen thirty-seven a month. I gave more than right. you know what eighteen thirty-seven a month equals out to. You know, if you gave yeah. a larger one-time lump sum, you probably are going to be able to have access to that stuff too. They just need to know about it. So, give yeah. them an opportunity to fix it for you before you get angry. Uh, they will fix it. It's just you know, didn't really think about all these." little avenues, but they will get it fixed. But anyway, that show is live. It's awesome. And they will be on a fairly regular basis uh, with uh, some of the most influential folks around herd athletics right now. So I can't, I'm not going to give any spoilers, but if you're not a part of it, you might want to consider being a part of it.
1: And I can't say enough about what these guys are doing. You know, we have talked several times about us volunteering just to do the interview part. Yeah. But these guys have volunteered to run this entire thing, not just the, the content that we're talking about but the guys with the thunder trust do this all day every day to try to help the the university and i tell you it's a lot of work and those guys are just busting their butts because they love marshall and they want to see marshall as a university and its athletic programs continue to rise and my hat's off to them because they are working their tails off and it's not like this is their jobs. I mean, they have careers yep. and they are doing this on top of that. And they're working a lot of hours to do it.
0: Yep. They sure are, man. And and if we want to compete at the levels we want to compete at, this is the way of the world. You just got to get behind it. And if you choose, you choose like you don't want to get behind it, that's okay too. But you know, let those of us that want to try to make a difference in these ways, you know, with the big green donations, with the Thunder Trust donations and, and providing the content that we provide all of course all of our stuff is always free but you know let us try to push marshall forward and if you want to get behind it we'd love to have you uh, i would i would say number one join the big green right we've got to get the scholarship money paid for to try to cover all of our 400 some athletes uh, then if you love a particular individual sport a whole whole bunch maybe get involved with individual sports giving to those particular sports and then if you also want to get involved with nil look into the Thunder Trust. But all three of those things, at least two of them, the Big Green and the Thunder Trust, you know, that's what's going to help propel us forward. So let's all try to get moving in the right direction. Uh, The Sunbelt era is obviously here and in full swing, and and it's a very competitive conference. But we want to start bringing home conference championships, and it's going to take all of us to do it.
1: Number two is Andy Taylor declares for the NBA draft with – the option to return. Now, years ago, folks uh, may not know this, but years ago you entered, you were done, you know, kind of how it is in in football and things like that. When you declare you're done, You, you can't go back. Well, the NBA, several, several, several years, I can't remember when, changed that rule to where you can dip your toe in and what athletes specifically here at Marshall have done very recently. John Elmore did it, I think twice. Tavion Kinsey did it twice. Um, Andy Taylor is now doing it. So it allows them to go in, get evaluated, see what they need to work on. Scouts will say, Here's what you specifically need to do better uh, for us to think that, you know, maybe you need to work on your endurance. Maybe you need some of them may say you need to grow six inches, you know, so you know that's what you got to go work on. Yeah. All kidding aside, there's a, a reason people do this and it it is zero harm to go do this. and That's what Andy's done. Well it's it's more not even zero harm. It's like it's
0: what you should do. You know, it's beneficial. If you're, if you're on the cusp of being, you know, that type of guy that's you know on the bubble of maybe being drafted, then you absolutely should do that. Or if you're on the bubble of that guy that's like, you know, I might not get drafted, but if I get an invite, I think I'm gonna stick on the right roster. Well, I use the term roadmap. They're actually going to give you a roadmap and say, look, you're really great here, here, and here. You're not so strong here and here. And this is where we need you to, you know, develop. Why wouldn't you do that? If somebody came to you and said, Russ, if you'll go do X, Y, and Z, you'll land this dream job of yours. You do it. Right. So, and, and you leave yourself the option to, if it doesn't work out, remain at the job you're at. Right. You yeah. would do that. We would all do that. So, it's, it gets, you get really caught up in the, the graphic that gets posted, you know, thank you, Marshall, whatever, whatever. At this time, I'm declaring for the draft or however it was worded. And you think, great, it's over. Well, it might be over. If he get, if he goes out and gets a league wide grade of like, listen, dude, you're a lottery pick, I'm not coming back. You know, I'm going to, ta- I'm going to be a lottery pick because that's the goal. Yeah. But otherwise, you just have to go, okay, he's going through the process. Most likely he's going to return to college basketball and play again. He just wants to get a leg up on having the the best, most impactful final season of collegiate ball that he can have before he has to go pro somewhere.
1: I got no problem with that. No problem at all from here either. I mean, we did it with John. We did it with Tavion. I think a couple other people did it as well. Uh, but this sort of thing happens uh, now that they've changed that rule. It happens at just about every university when you have players that are on that that cusp, like you said, you know, if you're on the bubble uh, and some is like, you know, hey, would I be a first rounder if I came out or a second rounder? No, you'd be a second rounder this year. But if you work on this, you'd be a first rounder the next year. That stuff goes on all the time. And we're talking about a huge bump in status and pay for a lot of these players across the nation. So it's just a no brainer. Uh, Moving on to number three, KD, we talk about this all the time, but This is Abby Herring's world, and we're just in it, man. We're just living in it. So she smashed her school record that she already owned in the uh, outdoor 3K by nearly 30 seconds. (laughs) Nearly 30. I mean, we're talking about like, I don't mean 24 is nearly 30. I mean like 29 and a half. (laughs) Um, A new time of 9 minutes, 25.08 seconds. And uh, she came in second in that uh that race down there in the outdoor three K at the Music City Challenge, which we'll talk about again in around the herd, but smashed by 30 <laughs> seconds. And still on this point too, Kylie Maston sets a school record in the fifteen hundred meters uh at four uh minutes twenty-three point one one seconds. And <laughs> that was that was good enough for her to win that event.
0: Listen, I'm not going to shortchange anything that Kylie Maston has done because she's set several records she's having a great season and she's a runner that has really started to land inside the the heart you know because she's uh, you always all the pictures of her. It's like the huge smile, you know. It's great. It's just great. It's very wholesome, and I love it because she's she's just from the photos. She seems like a really sweet person, and that she's just succeeding. And you just love to see that, right? And she's doing it in Kelly Green, which you really love to see.
1: Lo- local in state uh, girl repping Marshall, breaking records. Just I'm starting to think that. that we could almost. <laughs>
0: Start uh, putting out five things Abby Herring did this week to (laughs) add to the show. (laughs) Because uh, it's just record after record. I mean, I don't know when they're going to erect the statue seemingly in the uh, halls of the track and field offices. But she has been an all-time great. And she is still not done because we've got SBC championships coming up. I mean, (laughs) what a great... Okay, first bad pun. What a great run for Abby Herring because she's having a great, great career. That's the first one.
1: Believe this guy. All right. <laughs> so uh number four, women's basketball picks up a commitment from uh guard slash forward Timberland Yeast over in Harrodsburg, Kentucky.
0: Yeah, uh, Kim Stevens hitting the recruiting trail pretty hard. That's three uh three new members of the herd this week. So phew, I I I'm excited about this. I, I think I'm more excited about women's basketball and the news that's coming out around that uh, program than I've probably ever been. And we were pretty excited leading into the season last year, but yeah. I think it's this, this um, aura of a really fast-paced offense and a smothering defense that, yeah. that those that watched Kim's career at Glenville might hope to see in Huntington. You know, I would be lying to you if I said I knew – you know, their game, her game, her style, of, like intimately, which I don't, but I'm really excited to see it firsthand for the first time and to watch it with, uh, you know, players with Marshall across their chest is going to be really cool. But I think she's not wasting any time here, Russ. This is three three prospects in, uh, in the last week. So, I mean, congratulations and, and welcome to the herd. I think she played uh, – uh, Timberland, I think she played for uh, one of the travel teams locally. Well, I don't know what they're, the Thunder maybe. Is it the Thunder, West Virginia Thunder? I'd have to look it up. But uh, I had seen some tweets about her commitment and, you know, some from some people that I recognize that are in those circles. I just can't remember if that's the name of the team or not. So
1: my apologies Mm -hmm. on that. No, I mean, but basically what we know here and the reason we're getting excited on all this stuff is Kim Stevens, if she's recruiting them, and this has nothing to do with the awesome athletes that we already have on that program in -hmm. uh, women's basketball. But if we're recruiting them, we know that, or she's recruiting them specifically, we know that they fit the mold and the style of what she's looking for on, on her team. So that's, what's exciting for me anyway, is uh, anytime that you get a specific Head coach change. You know that their first recruits that they're bringing in, they have them in mind for a specific role and style on that team. So,
0: yeah, and I think on the other side of that, like you mentioned with with a coaching change, there's also roster shakeup. And you know, you have to mention that we saw Samantha Lafon go into the portal, mm-hmm. and she subsequently found a new opportunity at App State. So it's going to be an in conference school, an old rival for the herd. That's going to be an interesting matchup. Uh, much like Marshall and Western Kentucky used to do like with flipping recruits and stuff back. And now we're seeing guys and gals from multiple sports, you know, going to and from we've had a, you remember, we sent an offensive lineman to app state. We got a Mm -hmm. linebacker from app state this year. That's Mm going to be playing for us. And now Samantha's over there on the women's basketball team. This is just an interesting angle to me in, in modern athletics and, and especially amongst two historic rivals uh, how this continues to play out and the old mountain feud just continues to uh, develop in this new era uh, for both of these teams. So just something really cool. I think it, it makes those games more meaningful. You always want to beat app anyway. I think her mm-hmm. fans always want to beat app, but it just adds a little something different when there's a former player across
1: the court or across the field. Yeah. So something cool to keep an eye on. And I, uh, I know that it's, I can't think that it's at State, but there was uh, one uh, rival, uh, conference rival that we took, I'm thinking in baseball, that they had committed to that program and then flipped after Bills came here and are going with us. And I cannot remember, it doesn't seem like it was at State, but it's the same kind of thing that you're talking about. And it seems like in the Sun Belt, we're now on that, like, not just in football, but kind of same tier throughout the conference that everyone's in that same level. It's one of the best, if not the best, G5 conferences mm-hmm. encompassing all sports. I would yeah. argue that it's the best. Yeah. Um, and so there's that handful of schools that you are in there, so they are all kind of going after that same caliber of player and sometimes often the exact same player.
0: Well, that's, that kind of goes along with that um, geographically friendly footprint. You yep. know, these coaches are all recruiting the same high schools. They're looking at the same athletes. Yep. I mean, how many times do you see – I'm going to use the SEC, for example, because mm-hmm. of, by and large they're clustered in, obviously, the Southeast. Right. And you see these guys that come out and say, my top five, my top six, or top ten, or whatever. And how many of them are all SEC schools? Yeah. Because they're all in the same gyms. They're all in the same yeah. locker rooms recruiting these guys. And we're seeing that uh, – on our level too you know the the care how are you not going to be recruiting the same standout athletes in the carolinas virginia west virginia ohio kentucky area i mean that's where your meat and potatoes recruiting is going to be so if you're five hours away from each other you know app state marshall whatever well your recruiting base is going to be in that same general geographic area it makes it more competitive i think it makes it more fun way more interesting because it's 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 not like recruiting against UTEP. You're not recruiting against UTEP, right? You're just in a conference with UTEP. You're not going head-to-head with any of those battles. And we're probably going head-to-head with a lot of prospects with James Madison, Old Dominion, you know, Coastal, App, even Troy, Southern Miss. I mean, especially when you're recruiting – guys like baseball players where south eastern baseball is huge so it's very very exciting to me man and 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 this is where the importance of having those great recruiters comes in because you you have to win those battles if you don't win those battles then obviously those high caliber
1: athletes go somewhere else and not to further deviate off the original thing that we were talking about but uh to go hand in hand with what you were just talking about um football recruiting just put out all these different coaches on where they were going to be. And it is dominating the ring uh, as, as coach Huff said before, you know, or when he first came here that we're going to dominate the ring. We were looking at Cincinnati Dayton. We were looking at the Carolinas, Mm they were over in Virginia and all that. And it's just all in that, you know, circle like we talked about. So good, 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 good to hear. Uh, Moving on to the number five thing uh, you mentioned earlier that the NFL draft, came and gone and we did not have anyone drafted. But uh, for those of you who have been under a rock and have not heard, we <laughs> sent three players to the NFL via undrafted free agency. And uh, that is Kalen Labron with the San Francisco 49ers, Abraham Boplan with the Minnesota Vikings, and Isaiah Norman with the Kansas City Chiefs. So first of all, Congratulations
0: to those guys. Second of all, what is it about Kansas City and herd safeties? Because now it's Nazi Johnson last year, Isaiah Norman this year. Kansas City must really like what we do from a safety standpoint. So, I kind of like that. Um, I'm I'm happy for Abe. I think um, his play has spoken for itself over, the, over a number of years and across multiple conferences. But, damn, man, Minnesota, come on, man. I mean, I'm a Packers fan. Everybody <laughs> probably doesn't know that, but um, – I was I was struggling draft-wise this week when I saw that the Bears drafted right from, you know, we went to Huntington High School, and I was like, God, of all teams. And then they went out and signed Tyson Badgett as well from Shepard. Yeah. And I was like, man, it's like yeah. all these in-state guys are going to the team that I dislike the most. But uh, I am super happy for those guys, and I have a longstanding policy. You know, I'm like, uh, I will root for those guys to have a million tackles a game, even if they're playing Green Bay. I don't care. I mean, right. I want to win the game, but I want those guys to shine. And I think uh, San Francisco got themselves a real gem, right? We, we know that. We know what mm-hmm. Labor can do. And as you get down to the latter part of the draft, I think sometimes it becomes more of a benefit to uh, not be drafted because mm-hmm. you open up your possibilities to all um, teams uh, via undrafted free agency contracts, and even more so in the last couple of years. You remember, it used to be, you know, you if somebody offered you, you better sign it. Like it had to happen right then, and and you would see this big flood of signings you know, almost immediately. And you may have gone to a not so ideal situation. Well, those kind of changed a little. Those rules kind of changed a little bit, and guys have a little bit of time to collect multiple offers and then dissect for themselves where might make the best sense. So if you were one of those guys that had multiple offers, you had the opportunity to look at that roster for a minute and go, okay, I think I have my best shot here. Now, I don't know if that happened for any of those guys, uh, but you can't ever have enough good linebackers, You know, defensive and special teams players. That's where you're going to make your waves early on as an undrafted guy. I think Abe can do that. I think Isaiah can definitely do that. Those guys are tough as nails, warriors and great football players. Kalen's a little bit of a different story, right? Because I don't know how much uh wave you're going to make on special teams. You just got to go in there and hope you get some reps in mini camp, hope some get some reps in in the uh, offseason and see if you can put enough on film that even if you don't stick in San Fran, some other teams like we like what this kid did, we could use him. But I'm really happy for them. I'm going to toss in a friend of ours, uh you know, I know uh, Moff, Stephen Moffat, big Niners fan. I, I wonder how he feels about that, you know, because just like Abe goes to the Vikings, he's like, man, now I got this Marshall guy who was really good that, you know, plays for my team now. And, of course, those that know Moff know he's a Western Kentucky fan, so I wonder if he's feeling some type of way about that. But I don't really care. I'm just happy to see Kalen in the NFL. I'm happy to see Abe and Isaiah in the NFL. Obviously, the last thing I'm going to say is, what in the hell? How has no one signed Stephen Gilmore? That one is baffling to me. Baffling, absolutely baffling. So, hoping he gets an opportunity somewhere, even if it's at a later date or right before, you know, mini camps or whatever. But I'm really happy for those guys. And this year, damn it, we're gonna we're gonna hear some names called. We're gonna hear some names called. If we have great seasons out of some guys, I don't see how you don't hear the name Owen Porter. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So super pumped for those guys. Great weekend. Would have just liked to have uh, seen their names flash across the screen, but other than that, um, I I hope they landed in the most ideal spot for them.
1: I have a little bit of info that you don't know that I haven't told you, and uh, you'll be hearing this for the first time, Uh, but San Francisco was so hyped on Labrin that they were planning on drafting him. And, you know, obviously, you've got uh, things with teams on, well, we've got this need, we've got that need, and it depends on where you pick and something. And, you know, obviously, they felt like when it came down to that last pick that they needed to pick this person because they probably wouldn't be available, but this one would. Right. And that they had planned that if they did not get him in the draft, that it did not work out that they selected him where they were wanting to select him that they had planned to outbid every other team for him. That's how much they wanted him there. So it it was the first bit of news as soon as the draft's over. I feel like that probably once their pick was done and they waited, I don't know what the rule is, if you have to wait until all selections have been made or whatever, but I have a feeling they had him on speed dial or his agent on speed dial and said, here's what we're offering. We want you here. Yeah. So they were extremely high on him. So I'm kind of hopeful that he gets a really good shot. And the the last thing that I want to say is years and years and years ago, you got one feature back in the NFL and that was it. And now it's not unheard of for five running backs to share that load because you don't want to run someone into the ground or you want someone as a third uh down back you want someone uh, that's a pass blocking back or you want someone that's uh, you don't have like oh well we've got Bo Jackson here and that's all we need it's 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 become increasingly rare
0: to have a one man backfield I mean even Mm -hmm. the even the best runners in the game have something to augment so that they don't get overworked right it's a long season I mean damn we, we saw firsthand Kalen carry the ball 300 times it's a long season you know, and that's a collegiate season. You're talking about 17 games now, plus playoffs if you're in the NFL. So you really have to manage workload, and and it behooves you to have several guys that can either fill a role for you or be a situational back. And Kalen's got a pretty complete game. You know, I think we all saw that. So he's going to make an excellent uh, depth back you know and he could sneak in there and be a starter in a couple of years I mean who knows I, ca- I can't say a couple of years hell he might go in there and win the job outright I don't know
1: you well know? I mean it, it takes that it takes an injury it takes you know I mean anything can happen that's why you yeah. want to get your chance I mean you know you can't do it when you're sitting at home it makes it a lot tougher so when you get signed as a as a pick or as an undrafted free agent or get invited to rookie camp mini camp Whatever you do, you go there and you make the best out of it. And if you yeah. you stick that roster or the reserve roster, and and you get your chance, you make the best out of it. So. Yeah, it it's
0: cool, man. We saw him spring game weekend, and I talked to him for a minute, and I was he looked really good. He looked like he had been like working hard. I'd see you know, we've seen the photos on social media, him training and stuff like that. And I I just asked him, I was like, "How you feeling?" He said, "Man, that's a, I I have not felt." this healthy in a long time I feel really good and he looked good I mean he was in great spirits you could tell he was amped up in preparation for this uh, draft weekend so I'm really glad and you're right it's a lot about well this guy might be available we can probably not draft this guy and sign him and that plays into it so while it's a bummer you still got a shot and all you can ask for is a shot and now we just need our dudes to to run with it and you know make make a multi-year career out of being an NFL football player. I am so pumped for them. Um, it just it just shows, man. NFL talent plays in
1: Huntington. Yeah. Well, that uh, brings an end to our five things every Heard fan needs to know this week, as usual, brought to you by Ignite League. What you didn't hear me say was uh, we had a lot of people enter the portal yep. in football, so we had so many of it that, So many people doing that, that we decided that we were going to make that our feature for the week. So, KD, portal
0: window closed, opened and closed. It was a two week window. We knew it was coming. Um, And I think a lot of folks, especially from our fan base, are like, what the hell? You know, because you see in names go out and very few announcing that they're coming in. And I tweeted about this. I need to remind everybody that is listening to the show what Huff said about. Portal uh, recruiting until they they can commit to your school, but until they are enrolled and officially a part of the university, they can be recruited away. So while the fan in us wants to hear, "Hey, we got this guy coming in. Hey, we've got this impact player coming in," it is not a benefit to announce that because well, some other school can just go, "Oh, he's going to Marshall. Well, we can make a run at him maybe." So if you if you're expecting to see a lot of names come out, I don't think you will until the start of summer classes, and we can get those guys enrolled in summer summer classes, and they're a part of the university. At that point, you will probably see several names get announced, some of those holes, those depth uh, issues that appear to be a thing right now because of these portal entrants leaving. I don't think they'll be as big of a problem uh, shortly after the start of summer football or a summer classes so keep that in mind it's not like a mass exodus from the herd football program i would put this at strategy by our coaching staff to put the best product on the field by Mm -hmm. not saying anything until they are safe and know that everybody they've recruited is actually going to be on the roster next year so i know it's tough but you need to remember that it's it's very much a tactful approach now that being said and this window, by my count, I think it was 15, 15 guys entered the portal from a myriad of positions um, and one decided to retire from football. That was defensive lineman Jordan uh, Calamese decided to retire from football mm-hmm. and just pursue his degree and his uh, other passions. So uh, I, I wrote him down on the list, but it's not a portal entrant it's just he falls under to open roster spot now you know it's another uh, scholarship I I don't know how many of these 15 guys are on scholarship we know not all of them were but uh certainly some of them probably were so I guess we should start you what do you want to do here um we didn't really talk about this do you just want to talk do you want to talk about each guy or do you want to talk about each group or what do you want to do
1: why don't we list them first And then we can go in, uh, just run down the list of them, and then we can go in and kind of talk about what each one of them or the group, what it kind of does to that room, that specific position group. Okay. So
0: So first off, let's talk about the position groups that had nobody go, right? No tight ends, no kickers, no punters. That's it. Okay. Tight end, kickers, and punter. Nobody went into the portal that I saw. Um. In fact, we actually brought in another tight end. So
1: we, we brought in a tight end, and, <laughs> and, er- and earlier before this window opened, we did bring in a kicker as well. Yes, you know yes. which which I, we are we already talked about weeks ago.
0: Yeah, I didn't write down everybody that came in in this right. window, just the guys that left. But um, we were doing the, We were talking about this list yesterday, and as we were talking about it, we got a commitment from a tight end, and I thought, damn, that's seven guys.
1: I think all we have is two that came in during this window. No, three, right? We got the tight end, the kicker, and a running back. I think the kicker came in. But no, he was in this yeah. window. Okay, my yeah. bad. So it was three. I thought he came in. I know we talked about him on the show already, and we talked yeah. about the running back on the show yeah. already. but Just last week, it, though, right? It, yeah, yeah, it was last week, yeah. Okay.
0: So uh, quarterback, the only person to hit the quarterback or hit the portal from the quarterback room is Cade Cunningham, which we talked about. Uh, running back, we saw – now, listen, I also wrote down what I think is their proper class ranking or uh, class status. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I went off of the mix of the 2023 roster, the guys that haven't been pulled off yet, and then the 2022 roster, and I just added it uh, a year. You know? So, uh, redshirt sophomore, Cade Cunningham. Uh, redshirt freshman running back, Isaiah Gordon. Redshirt sophomore, o- offensive lineman, Jeremiah Orr. And then grad, grad transfer slash junior, I guess, Tristan Bittner. Um, wide receivers, redshirt freshman or sophomore Zion Odoms, redshirt freshman or sophomore uh, Caden Bertie, and then redshirt junior e- E.J. Horton, who announced that he would be entering almost three weeks ago. Uh, defensive lineman Jordan Kalamish, we mentioned retired. Redshirt sophomore defensive lineman Jay Sean Kaufman. Redshirt freshman um, defensive end C.J. Miller. Uh, linebacker sophomore uh, how do you pronounce his name, Russ? Because I never can get it right. C and how do you say it? Curly, it's a
1: no, it's a uh, Kean Cirilla. Cirilla, Keen...
0: see, I never yeah. get it right. Uh, and then defensive backs there were four redshirt freshmen, uh, Dink Jackson, sophomore Dances Miller, sophomore Jalen Beasley, redshirt senior EJ Jackson, and then long snapper, redshirt freshman Hunter Burns. That's your 15 plus Calamis that entered the portal or just will not be on the roster. So I guess we can go back through. Um, Quarterback room, we know it's a stacked room. We know that something had to give there. Uh, It kind of sucks that that Cade hit the portal. We understand why. But uh, I think if anybody was strongly challenging to this point for the number two spot, it was Cade. Uh, I think anybody at this point would say, yeah, this is Fancher's team. Obviously, Huff's not going to name a starter, but dude, he's six and one as a starter. I mean, he—it's <laughs> how's it not his team right now? He's the only one with r- any real game experience. Yeah. So if 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 there was a QB two battle, I think Cade would have been one of on the short list. If if I had to choose another, I would probably say it's Cole. But um, you know. Losing Cade sucks. I, I wish him the best. I saw on the timeline he's gotten a couple of offers since he's entered the portal. So I hope he finds a really great situation. I'm uh, going to miss the Cunninghams if they actually end up fully leaving Huntington. They're they're great folks. And uh,
1: but, you know, what are you
0: going to do? It's a stacked room.
1: Yeah. So um, just talking about him real quick, uh, Tim Cramsey, who was familiar with him, is now at uh uh, memphis and i saw that uh, he picked up an offer for there i don't know where he's going to land or whatever but that that's uh wh- wherever he goes we're going to be happy for him right
0: yeah of course so uh
1: and another thing is uh he had the most reps with the ones from last year you know uh he he made a good push last year uh in spring ball and uh summer practice and uh, he's one of the ones, if you remember, when we were doing position breakdowns last year, when the show was just in a infancy. couple months old. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about, you know, uh, that he was six four and like I think one sixty nine. Yeah, you know, and uh, that was his old from the, the the weight from the previous year, and yeah. he ended up being in the high one eighties and and made it up to one ninety five. I think he was, and all that. But he's got a big frame, can fill out. I don't want to talk about him for 15 minutes or whatever, but he, uh, his absence, uh, whether he was going to be the two or the three was one of those that was going to push the starter, push the number two, push the the number three, if he's the number two, that sort of thing. So, uh, I do hate to see him go. Yeah, I do too. So, um, you're right. We can't
0: spend 10 minutes talking about each guy, but Cade, Cade, is a player. I think he's mm. going to succeed somewhere. I mean, all these guys are. Like we recruited yeah. them here. Some of these guys you can see are redshirt freshmen slash sophomores, and you just got to think, wow, he's either buried on the depth chart or, you know, they just want to play. They want to play, and I got no problem with that. So, um, I redshirt freshman Isaiah Gordon, a, another guy who's buried in a stacked room. I mean, Rasheed Ali, 100 healthy now, and uh, we saw what AJ Turner did, and you mentioned Maurice and. You know, you still got pain, and it's just a—it's just a stacked
1: room. We so, brought in JUCO Antoine Roberts, who we were—we yeah. were talking about was the running back that signed during this period. So, yeah, Um yeah. I hate to see Isaiah Gordon go. I hate to see any of them go, but you totally have to understand it when you had three freshmen come in last year, and all three of them brought uh, a different like athleticism, height, speed, that sort of thing. Uh, and, you know, he decided maybe, I don't know, but he didn't like where he was at on the depth chart and wanted to go be a starter somewhere. Don't know what the deal is, but he, wherever he goes, we're happy for him as well. Just We're, all specu- we're, we're speculating
0: yeah. the reasons why these guys leave. We don't Sure, we, sure. I, They might be content being here. I don't know. Yeah, But I just, I always put myself in the mindset like, man, if I was a player, I'd want to play. So that's just the easiest go-to for me is why they hit the portal. That's all. Uh, offensive linemen, we lost a couple. We know that that was uh, – we were going to have a, a little bit of a shakeup on the offensive line anyway. So, you know, some of these things, um, I don't know. I've, I'm intrigued by, you know, Tristan Bittner, grad transfer. Your kid came and <laughs> got his degree in two years and, you know, is, gonna, is moving on elsewhere. I've seen that he has had a few offers since he announced last week. And redshirt sophomore, Jeremiah Orr. I mean, you know, good, good good luck to these guys. It's just you have to talk about them because they're leaving, right? And we know offensive line is going to be a huge part in our success this year. Um, it was—I um, don't want to call it a work in progress, but we we seen the evolution of the offensive line from the beginning of the season to the end of the season last year, and it was—and it was—it uh, was different. You know, it wasn't a bad different. It was just different. So, offensive line was a is a is a. Uh, um, point of emphasis I think for both of us this year we like a lot of the pieces that come back I mean how do you not be happy about guys like Trent Holler and and, uh, Logan Osborne and guys like that but you know there's five on a line and two isn't going to make a line so who are going to be those other three I don't know we brought some other guys in from uh, earlier portal windows and uh, but now it looks like you're going to have to probably expect one or two more to be announced at some point I'm just speculating, but that's what it feels like.
1: Yeah. Jeremiah came here from Valparaiso, uh, if you remember. So he transferred in last year in the portal and came here. Um, I, you know, with the position on the offensive line, it's hard to say number of snaps, if any, that somebody played, you know, I don't have those stats available to me, but he did transfer in, he's transferring out Uh, while he was here. Uh, no matter if he had snaps or not, it was some much needed depth that we had, you know, scout team, if that's all he did, practice, if that's all he did, uh, spare minutes in games, if that's all he did, you know, yeah. but uh, uh, that's one of those positions where, you know, people need a breather sometimes, uh, people need to come out because the, someone rolled over on their ankle sometimes, so you can never have enough big bodies on offensive lines, so he served his purpose while he was here, for whatever reason, he's moving on. Uh, Tristan Bittner, I think was more of the traditional came here as a recruit red shirted. Uh, and then that was in 2021 and then 2022, you know, had his, uh, sophomore season, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Again, no tight ends in the portal this year, which is kind of
0: surprising. Now we have seven currently on the roster. Mm-hmm. Um, and you made a good point just in, general speculation talk is it is this a scenario where maybe we see one or two of those guys switch positions because seven certainly can't play at the same time and it's going to be hard to get all the way down to tight end number seven to see actual game repetition so what do you do there what's going to be the ultimate plan there i mean i don't know you know but it's it's intriguing that there are seven on the roster right now and uh several of those are transfer guys you know, maybe some of those guys are excellent run blockers. Maybe some mm-hmm. of those guys are, are excellent pass blockers. And some of those guys are, you know, weapons out of the, uh, uh, in the passing game, you know, it could be a myriad of a number of things. Maybe some of them are just playing in a special package of plays, but sure, seven is a lot of tight ends. It's a yeah. lot of tight ends, but Hey, um,
1: we'll see. Well, so here's a couple of different things. And I know you and I discussed a lot of this over text yesterday, uh, but not in person and to kind of delve into it a little bit more goal line. It's not unheard to have three tight ends out there. No. You know, uh, if you want to go with, uh, you know, a goal line package or even a much needed first down on fourth and one fourth and inches, that sort of thing. So you do want to have some of those big bodies out there and not just someone that is pass block only, but let's talk about, famous tight end catch with uh, Eric Pinkerman, you know, with uh, blocking and then slipping over for a, a diving touchdown catch to win the 99 Mac championship game. in Huntington. Yeah. so you want to have the availability to have those. And we have some big, big, big bodies and big run blockers in this tight end route uh, with getting in. And I'm going to pronounce his name until I hear it. Actually, I'm going to pronounce it as Matillo that we got, yeah. got yesterday. Um, he has in three seasons nine total catches, but when you're playing for Penn and uh, I'm assuming they ran the ball a lot, or maybe he was only in on that, maybe they had wide receivers that took up the bulk of the uh, the catches. That doesn't mean that he can't catch. He looked like he had pretty good hands in the video that I watched yesterday. Um, but he is a big guy at 6'6, 260. We have roughly the same. Uh, in Luke Soto that is big. But this is a guy, and this is why I brought up to you position change possible, is uh, he was an all-conference out in California, defensive end. He got a lot of sacks, a lot of tackles, and that sort of thing. So it's not like they would have to teach him the ropes you know, on the position. He's already been there, knows the moves, knows the position, and he is definitely athletic enough from what I have seen of him the size and build of him and the fact that he was a rodeo guy, you know, I I think that he could translate into a defensive end if needed. And again, yeah, this is all speculation. Yeah. What, what I don't see is uh, Sean Salas, who I I was really high on last year. I think that he has the speed and at that size that he has around six, five, if I'm, if, his herd zone roster numbers are accurate as of right now six five two thirty five somewhere around there um i see him as a matchup nightmare yeah that could he go to be a really big wide receiver sure would it make sense to do that when you know his speed is going to translate when he's better when he's going up against linebackers than it would to be a cornerback or a safety I think that he would be better served to be that downfield threat Cody slate type in uh in the tight end position and not a hybrid, but that's just my take. We could see some position changes. We could see, you know, just a big stacked room. And like you mentioned, when you need to go run heavy, you know, you put a couple of tight ends out there, you know, and you, you've got a lot of blockers for these uh, these guys. Yeah. I mean, let's, let's, think about this, right? This will be the first year that I can,
0: I think that Clint Trickett will have had a returning quarterback, right? Because he wasn't in year one of Huff. It was Cramsey at the offensive coordinator position. He had Grant Wells, and then you bring in Clint Trickett, and it's Columbia, then Fancher. And now it's going to be Fancher's team that we assume, at least if we had to pick right now, week one started, we would, I feel comfortable saying it would be Right. So mm-hmm. it, this is new territory for both those guys. They they have continuity across an off season and into a, another season. So there's a lot going on here that I think are probably falling by the wayside on a lot of fans. You know, mm-hmm. so there's a lot of chemistry things and, and stuff like that. That's finally going to be able to be part of our um, offensive scheme this year. Wide receiver, I think, is the one where a lot of folks are like, man, what's, what we got to have something right. We yeah. got to have something. Because you lose Corey Gamage. It wasn't in this cycle earlier. Um, you lose E.J. Horton. Uh, Shadita you, Med was earlier. You, you lose Shadita Med, who went to an in conference school at Texas State. So you're thinking, wow, okay, that's three guys that we knew what we had. Now you toss on E.J. Horton, that was in this uh, cycle, uh, Caden Bertie, and then Zion Odoms, who was in. Um, the, the class a couple of years ago i think huff's first class maybe mm-hmm. so it's redshirt freshman slash sophomore for both of those guys and then uh e.j horton was a, a prep school guy so he's like a red shirt junior I, from what i deduce add-on gamage and i that's that's five guys you know but okay let's 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 put the flames out a little bit charles montgomery's coming back
1: mm-hmm.
0: really had a little bit of a flash last year i think we mm-hmm. saw wow okay this kid can be special yep um i'm i'm I'm. talik talik is is should be back and ready to go and and we know he's electric when he gets in open space right there there's a number of guys there you talk about brian robinson who has an opportunity to break out in a big way yep. i mean if you start looking down the roster it doesn't it's not doom and gloom no it's just that there are guys that haven't produced big numbers you know mm-hmm. like uh, talik has made a lot of big plays but he's he's been dinged up from time to time and yep.
1: But when he's healthy, man, he's on, and he's dangerous. Yeah, and I'm. Uh, there's some more guys that I'll mention and then go back to this point uh, uh, to, to add on to what you said. But you also have – we brought in Demarcus Harris from Kentucky, and we brought in uh, Mason Pierce from McNeese. Uh, so those are two new additions that we're going to have in that room. So a couple went out, a couple came in. Uh, And then we also have Caleb uh, Coombs and some other uh, McMillian uh, or McMillan uh, got a a, a pretty deep room. Yeah. It's not like we've got three on the roster or something like that. And And I feel
0: like I feel like that's what people are thinking. You know, it's like they're not they haven't. A lot of them probably just haven't gone to the herds Zone roster and been like, "Okay, let me see who's still there." Yeah. You know, they just see the guys leaving and they go, "Gamage and Horton and Ahmed and what are we going to do?" And and while it, it it hurts to lose those guys. Yeah. Think of the guys
1: we just talked about that are coming back. Yeah. Right? And I I know we had passing issues last year, you know, but when you start looking at the stats of what has actually left in Gamage and in Ahmed and everything, it's not like we're losing 100 uh uh, receptions and twenty touchdowns. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, it's next man up, and for whatever reason, I felt like Corey Gamidge never reached the pod- the potential here that he had with his size advantage. We yeah. talked about that on a couple of different shows, and that has nothing against Corey Gamage. You know, it could be that we're not throwing to him and utilizing that. It might be that the he wasn't on the same page with the the quarterback that he had. Uh, various different reasons, right? Well, I have,
0: I love the guy as a player, but it was always, it was weird to me that remember we went to 10 games in the season before he got a receiving touchdown. And you're just thinking, how the hell does that happen? You know, it's just one of those weird things. It wasn't anything on purpose, you know, it's just like, it just didn't happen. And then on the same token, you'll have those guys that have, you know, 25 catches, but they have, Nine touchdowns. It's just yeah. how
1: the numbers work out. Well, and it was the same way if you remember we talked about Gammage when uh, he had the, the game against Bowling Green with the uh, very long uh, score uh, that put him over 100 yards, but that was only his second career, I think. So he had his third career later on in the season, uh, 100-yard game. You would think that someone with his size and matchup nightmare and everything that we considered our quote-unquote number one that you would be putting up more 100-yard games. Yeah. And again, I'm not knocking him. I will never knock the players on this. It could be the system. It could be, like I said, not on the same page. It could be the the play calling. There's a bunch of different things that could factor into these things. But when you break it down, no matter how you look at it, the production just was not that great that we lost. Yeah. The players may have been great that we lost, but we're not losing a ton of production. Uh, in the essence that I think that we can replace it. So I'm not too worried about it. So wide receiver is one of those areas
0: where I think you probably hear a summer school enrollee, right? That You keep it quiet because that's a position to if somebody goes, oh, wow, Marshall got this guy, we got to have that guy. Well, it doesn't Mm -hmm. do you any good to say you've got him now so people can make a run at him for the next two months or whatever it is, month and a half. So I would expect that you see, so far, a, an offensive lineman or two and a, and a wide receiver or two. That's just my speculation, but that's just what I feel. Defensive line is another area where we feel strongly that's like you can never have too many good ones, right? And you can just never have too many to provide depth. And Marshall's lost three in this, uh, in this cycle and relatively younger guys, right? Two redshirt sophomores and a redshirt freshman, so – um they still return quite a bit. I mean, as long as Tyquas legs is there, as long as Gibson's there, as long as Porter's there, you you, that's a really strong three guys just right off the top of my head. And then there are others that are on that roster that are going to be making some um, developmental leaps and guys that were productive last year that are just going to step right back in and, you know, be a, what was it? A violent and disruptive defensive line. I think we'll see more of that again this year, but I, Huff has the track record at Marshall of going and finding those defensive linemen that he plugs right in, and they are instant impact guys. Think remember, about, sorry, think about, uh, Watts and uh, Barber. You know, mm-hmm. those guys were instant impact, and now there were right. others, but uh, right off the top of my head, it's two
1: guys that were a big part of the defensive line last year. So, remember what uh, Coach Huff said the last time he was here on the show, too, about uh, we were talking about uh, Conditioning and bodies and things like that who had made some leaps uh, over, you know, before spring ball started, Mm -hmm. he mentioned uh, Isaiah Gibson last year, how much weight he had lost uh, or whatever, um, and how much uh, weight Elijah Russell had had put on that both of these guys transforming their bodies into more of what is going to fit their game for what we need him to do. And those are two big pieces that I see happening on the defensive line this year. Obviously Porter uh, is coming back and he's his own animal. You, you know what you're going to expect from him, a nonstop motor, a captain on the team, uh, you know, emotional Just a leader, football guy, man. He's a, a football, football guy. guy. Yeah. And i tell you what, I didn't even think
0: about Elijah Russell. And that's the guy that really popped out to me from uh spring game, you know, that, yeah. that, that, A lot of folks were talking about a lot of folks were, of course, big on the running backs, which helps mitigate that potential loss of Isaiah Gordon. But Elijah Russell is a guy that that really just popped for a lot of guys, uh, a lot, well, a lot of fans. Mm -hmm. So it's just another weapon. But I still think you probably see one, maybe two on the uh, defensive line uh, being announced later in the summer. I just feel that.
1: I got to tell you, I feel it even more, and I would uh, be—I would say two is a minimum that we bring in, and I see those two being huge, big body guys, Mm -hmm. Uh, interior defensive linemen for run stopping. We we had the same kind of deal last year, if you remember, bringing in Gibson Watts. uh, You know, I see—I see us bringing in some big names. Uh, This is merely speculation on my part. But I see that that's an area of need, and that we bring in some of these guys that just help dominate that line of scrimmage. Yeah, it's but it's a blueprint, and it's a blue blueprint that yep. worked last year. So yep. why deviate
0: from it? Marshall right. had one of the top defenses in the country, yep. not let alone the Sun Belt Conference. So if you know what's working, then put it right back out there on the field until somebody can figure it out. Because really. Outside of Coastal jumping out to a, a big lead, nobody really figured it out. I mean, even even the the best uh, offenses that we played against had down games against us, right? right. It, it, if you take away, if you look at the latter three quarters of Coastal, that that comes to fruition again. They really, you know, got got their got themselves turned around and basically shut down uh, McCall and that crew for the remainder of that game, but. It, it just doesn't make sense to me to change what works so i don't think we'll see that so uh, patience i know it's tough man it's it, patience is a virtue and silence is golden when it comes to the recruiting game right now but yeah uh, speculation for me i think for sure you'll see offensive lineman defensive lineman and a, and a wide receiver or two and maybe a defensive back at least one because you're losing four
1: those and are two- my four four categories that i see us really yeah. adding to
0: linebacker i think is pretty set you know they're pretty deep they're pretty good so, and only losing one, uh, maybe just for this cycle, allows you to utilize that scholarship for a guy that's currently on the roster or, you know, maybe bring in an extra for another position of need. We'll see. So, there's no real need to talk about linebacker. We know what we have there. But let's go to defensive back because, remember, Dink Johnson came in. I think we talked about him, like, during the opener live tailgate show as being added to the roster like that week. You know, he is right. a former four-star guy, came from Ole Miss, and we were like, okay, we'll see what goes on here. And, I mean, didn't really have too much going on last season. Um, uh Miller, I think, is a guy that I was really excited to see play this year. I thought he would play a bigger role this year, so I was a little surprised to see him hit the portal. Uh Jalen Beasley and EJ Jackson is an upperclassman, so I was kind of surprised that he hit the portal too, but that's four guys. Um, we know that there's a fair amount there, you know, Mike Abraham is back. Um, they brought in the, the guy from Texas and for the third, is this a third straight year? We're going to see two brand new safeties in
1: <laughs> for the herd. I think so. I think so. <laughs> but you know, it seems like everyone that we bring in is just like all world, you know, yeah. the, so, um, I've got faith is the number one thing. And, um, I really like Huff. I like him as a recruiter. I like him as a coach, and I like him as a person. and uh, i I really have faith in what he is building here. And I feel like I can not worry that, hey, we had twenty nine thirty, I think now. I think yeah. uh, uh, we had talked about that thirty uh, had left. Um, I'm not worried, you know, and I think I can't remember who it was. It was either Luke.
0: Creasy or uh, one of the other fan accounts on Twitter said that of all those guys, there were really only a handful that they
1: could see that would have cracked the two deep. That so was it, MU Thundering blog okay. on on commenting on uh, Luke Creasy saying yeah. that he had 29 out and 16 in at that point is what he had counted. Yeah. So really, you know, we've
0: mentioned that 29 out and yeah, there's a lot in, but really you're like minus what 14 right now or 13 right now. So there's room to just fill the holes. And that's what it's yeah. about right now It's filling the holes and making the push for a conference title. But when you think about, you're probably like, right, probably right. Of those, let's call it 30 guys. If six of them or seven of them are all that was going to crack the two deep, then there's not a, there shouldn't be a lot of alarms going off, you right. know, um, it, it's something you might have to worry about down the road. We talked about Huff or we talked with Huff and he said, remember, this is going to be the last year of all these super senior type guys. So the transfer portal is going to shrink by roughly half, you know, give or take next year, uh, just for the lack of prospects that'll be around. So, you know, you'll have to go back to more high school recruiting. It'll pay a bigger, play a bigger role. The portal will always be that hole filling tool, yeah. right?
1: Didn't they just come out with the legislation, too, about how many times you can transfer without having to sit out, that if you sit, uh, transfer twice, you'll have to sit a year now? I thought you were supposed to do that anyway. You know, you you could you could uh,
0: transfer once and be immediately eligible, but if you went twice, you had to sit. I don't know. I just, I just thought that was a thing, portal or not. So, um, But I don't know. I don't want to get into that because I don't know the legalities, sure. but I'm just saying – um, there's, there's opportunities here to, um, you know, fill this roster. I don't think the alarm bells should be going off. Marshall is thought of highly by a lot of Sunbelt circles for a reason, you know, and, yeah. and, and you can't sit here and go, God, this is only happening at Marshall. So because I bet if you dedicated enough time and went to the App States and the Coastals and the Georgia Southern States and and Southern Miss all the other schools and they're like dang they had 30 guys in the portal too. Dang, they had 25 guys. This happens everywhere. Yeah, it happens everywhere.
1: Well, I saw something and I don't remember where it was. A national publication, they were <laughs> was uh, it was on it Twitter. Toronto with 60 guys no, no, or something no, like that. No, no, no. You you understand what I'm saying here. It's not a team. Yeah. uh it was an uh, a Twitter handle that covered national uh, portal entries and mm-hmm. they did it by 18 19 20 21 22 gotcha. and now 23 and this was by far the most and i'm going to say something around 3600 so just do the the math there's what 100 and is it 116 teams right now no, it's like 130
0: some maybe 130. 130 or 132 or something like that
1: well still you're looking at 20 some you know 25 yeah. On average, per yeah. team, like two thousand people. Yeah, so it's a lot of no, people. No, no, no. It was thirty six hundred. That's what I'm telling you. It was thirty six hundred, but divided that by the oh, number of you. teams, you're looking at twenty five by, you know, each yeah. team. Now I know Colorado had like sixty. Yeah. going out, but uh, that that would be cause for concern. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: so look, the last ones we got to talk about is uh, we, of course, we had a long snapper leave, and we brought in what two. In this class or portal cycles, you know, since the end of the season, we brought in two, if I can remember. So, yeah. uh, we had another guy that was committed that, you know, decided to go elsewhere. And now we've got one entering the portal. So, uh, nothing that uh, is surprising. You know, it's just numbers. It's it's numbers. You're not going to carry four long snappers. You know? Right. So, Overall, I think the portal news here is just from the surface, maybe alarming to some fans because you see, dang, 30 guys have entered and we've only announced, you know, 15 coming in. We're 15 players short. No, you're really not. Let it play out. This happened last year. It happened the year before. There's late additions. I mean, we just talked about Dink, Jans- Dink Jackson being added Johnson, like yeah. our Johnson added the week of the opener. So th- right. this is going to happen. Uh, if you don't see a lot of these holes filled, there might be, you know, a scholarship or two that doesn't get allocated before the start of summer camp. Okay. Maybe, maybe there's three or four, but all that really means is some guys that aren't on scholarship that are currently on the roster will have an opportunity to be on scholarship. Uh, so I, you got to have full faith. Just pump the brakes a little bit, be a little patient. I know that's tough to do. It's tough because we all want to know what we're going to look like and who's going to be on the roster and all that stuff immediately. We want to know yesterday. But it, it's it's more beneficial for us as a team to keep some of these things under wraps so that we have an opportunity to hold on to all of, if not uh, most of, the guys that we currently have committed or will have committed by the time summer session rolls around. So with that, Russ,
1: if you got nothing else on this portal report, let's go around the hurt. Well, I just wanted to say real quick that uh, when you're looking at the academic calendar, uh, we're talking about waiting and waiting and waiting and being yeah. patient. Do you know when summer session A starts? <laughs> like two weeks? Let me tell you. It's Monday. Oh, um, May oh, eight. <laughs> so now that's summer session A. And yeah. as you know, if they're still doing it, because you and I both had summer classes here, I think you had them uh, all 12 years that you were here. Actually, that's why I was here for
0: 12 years. I <laughs> never took summer classes.
1: <laughs> well, I, I did, uh, but they have sessions A, B, C, and D. Yeah. And uh, session A was always real early. You know, we're talking about just having graduation this right. past weekend. And uh, they are starting May the 8th is the first summer session. So See? so here when, I was wrong, too. I thought it was a month away. It's like next week. When, when someone enrolls, I mean, at that point, we haven't committed. And, you know, the portal is closed at that point. So let's just take a a breath, wait until they come in. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to everyone else, but uh, let's just let, let the, let the coaches do what they do. You know? So
0: here's the thing. I think some folks get caught up on uh, for the window the, mm-hmm. the portal window they might be thinking well you have to either enter or commit during the window and that's mm-hmm. not true you just, just have to, to, to put your name in. in there yeah so that's what the window is just because nobody signed in that two-week period doesn't mean they can't it just means they can't enter the portal and transfer uh without sitting i think is what it is so yeah yeah i mean hell i'll wait another week by this time next week russ we could be talking about 10 guys that 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 um have committed and they're enrolled and are in classes and are on campus. That, that's how soon of a turnaround here. And here, I thought it was a month.
1: And, and remember at the very, very absolute latest, we're going to see uh, fall camp uh, will probably be the very end of July, if not August the 1st proper, but it'll probably some be somewhere within that two or three day window. I don't know if they always started on a Monday or if they always started on August the 1st, depending on how it works out on the calendar. I don't know, but it's around that time. And 100% we will see here in less than three months, we will see all of our players for the most part. You may get, like we just talked about with Dink, might get someone coming in real late. But over the next month, you're probably going to see a lot of people uh, being added to that herd zone roster and announced officially.
0: Yeah. I think what we're going to have to do maybe next week or as this window is starting to open – uh, is we're going to have to revisit like we just did the guys that left. We, we might have to do a little feature of all the guys that came in as a precursor to all the position group breakdowns that we'll get into over the summer just to kind of bring everybody up to speed with where we are currently. And then as new guys come in and commit and get signed and enrolled, we can
1: talk about them too. So yeah. that might be what we need to do. Let's take this bad boy around the herd. Let's. Uh, We we talked earlier about track and field with uh, Herring and uh, Mastin. Uh, Again, Herring came in second and uh, broke, shattered her uh, school record. Mastin set that school record in a win. And then we have um, at that Music City challenge, Tyra Thomas took first in the 100-meter. 100 meter hurdles with a time of 13.42 seconds, seven overall placed. We had a couple of second place finishes, a couple of different top five uh, Mm -hmm. and the winners that we already named and had a very good time in my, uh, my thought of having times of personal records and stuff like that, it's a great time to hit those numbers right before the Sun Belt Conference Championships. And those start May the 11th through the 13th. See, if you'll remember, we talked about, would they, did they even have another meet before? Right. And we thought,
0: well, maybe they don't. And then go into the Music City and have an excellent showing. I mean, an yeah. a, a sh- absolute shattering of a record. And then a couple of other, uh, you know, first place finishes, second place finishes. I mean, so we're we're gearing up, man, and I would I am I am gonna sit here and go on record and and say it will not surprise me if we have multiple conference champions in certain disciplines, you know. And, and I'm staring right at um, um, the pole vault and the 800 in, yeah. for the men. That's what I'm zeroed in on. Like that's got to be our best two opportunities to capture a conference championship. But there could be others because Abby's out here, like. I don't. It, it, I don't know what what you describe it as. You don't just break a record by thirty seconds. You know, you just that's obliteration. So, she might be hitting that really, really big stride. And you could, we could come back here next week and be like, she captured multiple conference championships herself. You know, so we, it it's really exciting. I hope folks are going to follow along with the uh, the uh, SBC championships with this track and field team because we could capture several. It would not surprise me if we brought home four or five. But I really am hoping to see a repeat in the pole vault, and I would love to see Brett Armbruster uh, close out this great season as a conference champion. That would really be great to me.
1: Uh, a couple of things. Uh, one, we had just talked about the 4.08-meter uh, yep. record for Macy Mayjoy. Joy. That just happened to be the exact winning uh, uh, height, height in in the Music City Challenge. Uh, I don't think that she participated or if she did, it was not listed. She was not listed amongst the top whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, But to me, because we had someone else on there, uh, I'm blanking on the name. That's uh, always probably Diana, right? Yeah. Yeah. So um, anyway, we're talking about a bunch of sec teams that were here, not just Mm -hmm. Sunbelt. And that was the number one overall winning thing. So for her to have, that height capability that looks really good going into the Sun Belt. I don't think that's the ceiling. I'm, I'm I, don't it, I, I, I don't either. I think she's got more in the tank, man. I, yeah, I don't either. I think that I think that she one hundred percent can can beat that record, and I think Brett can one hundred percent beat his record. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for them to both be in the driver's seat, kind of like what you're saying, I think it looks very good. Um, Couple other things that I want to say is if you actually go on Herd Zone and click on the results, they had a very nice color coded uh, on this page for the Music City Challenge of having the team logos and then had um, a breakdown. I, I I guess I haven't really seen this so much. It's more like PDF friendly something you could print out of mm-hmm. who did what. But they had like here in the fifteen hundred meter that uh, Kylie Maston, they had what everyone had done in that race through 300 then through 700 meters then 1100 meters then 1500 meters so it showed you their place their time what they did for each segment of those legs and uh, she went she was uh in fifth place after 300 meters and then she bumped up in the uh, uh to fourth place and then the next segment to third place And then finally bumped up two spots to take over first place and obviously just killed everybody in those last 400 meters Mm -hmm. to do it. And it was something extremely similar that we saw with Abby through the first 200. She was in 10th place and then she went up uh, a few spots here and there and then just outran everyone except for the, the person that won by like 11 or 12 seconds is what they won by or 14 seconds, I think it was. Um, But she outran her to close that gap and finish second. But just So the potential is there. Me not being a track and field guy that I've ever ran it, but just seeing these results, we're not talking about fading down the stretch. We're talking about getting stronger down the stretch. And to me, that is something that you can really, really think is dangerous in any event to where you can be the best person in the last legs of, of these longer races. You know, it's, it's like, uh,
0: you got to get through the traffic, right? So sure. you, so the, 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 the easier you're able to do that, then, you know, for lack of a better term to kind of use a racing term, the more clean air you get to run in. Yeah. And, and that gives you the, the capability to, at that point, run your race when you're not yeah. trying to get around and through everyone. So. I think that the the quicker you're able to do that, the better it it is, obviously for you as a runner. I would speculate. But uh, excellent point you made about those results pages, because I remember last year when we were reporting uh, on our final events in Conference USA, it was track and field. Mm-hmm. So um they had they did a really good job of posting live results. So you, you folks will be able to watch along. Uh, I'm sure they'll be posting this stuff on the herd zone app. You, you mm-hmm. generally are, will have a link to some live results and stuff like that. And given that it's the SBC championships, you would have to think that you will 100% be able to follow along. I don't know, but hell it might be on ESPN plus. Cause it is. I really hope it
1: is. I really hope it is. Cause I, I would love one. I'd like to go there in person. I think mm-hmm. that would just be really cool, but uh, that's not in the cards, uh, right. but I would like to be able to watch that or at least, Parts of it, or watch it on uh, uh, on demand after the event. If I'm, you know, working while it's live or whatever. Yeah. All right. So uh, again, SBC Championships. Those start on May the 11th. It's the 11th through the 13th there for track and field. Tennis, man, did we make some noise? We talked we about when we recorded, uh, you know, days ago. Uh, they had already swept ULM. Uh, and then we go into the uh, quarterfinals, and we were sixth ranked and went up against Coastal Carolina, who was third ranked team. And We beat them four to one. Yep, huge upset, dominating fashion. Um, moved on to the semifinals against JMU, and JMU beat us four to two. Four to two sounds like, oh man, they they had us. But if you look at those individual results, like the games, the, yeah, the ma- matches that were going on, like if that one had flipped and then the other two we were leading, Yeah, it could have been 42 in our favor. I easy. know. It was really, really close. I am so proud of our tennis
0: team because um, we had been following this team from the very beginning all the way yeah. back to recruiting. and mm-hmm. And I bring up again, like, I remember seeing that we had like the eighth strongest recruiting class in mid-major yep. tennis. And, and we thought, okay, maybe we could be something here and th- neither one of us followed tennis very closely. And it was really rewarding as a first ta- a first time fan to like follow this program, to get to know our players to get to know um, their game a little bit and, and the pairings and doubles, and then just go in and watch them perform and, and win and win. So, and then we go down all the way through this long season and we have a hiccup against the top 20 team in old dominion, which isn't that surprising because James Madison and old dominion fight it out for the Sun Belt championship, but to go all the way to the semis, man, you gotta feel good about that because what a hell of a building block that is for next season, right? Yep. You go in with no, basically little to no expectations and then you end up as one of the top four teams in the conference. Once the, uh, the Sunbelt Championship shake out. Really proud of them. And we talked about the couple of first team all SBC performers. You get the freshman of the year and Johanna Strom, a second team performers as well. I mean, it's a bright future here for herd tennis, man. I'm really proud of them. Congratulations to Coach Mercer and that whole squad, man. You made us all proud. We're looking forward already. To a, a competitive uh, SBC season next year, and what we're able to do from a recruiting standpoint, I'm just pumped about it, man. And I'm not even a huge tennis fan; I'm just happy for them.
1: And real quick, you know, it was extremely close against James Madison. By the way, they uh, went nine and one in the conference this year. Uh, they made it to the finals to go up against Old Dominion, who was ten and zero in the conference this year. Yeah, so, so we we lost to the second best team in the conference in a nail biter. The future yeah. does indeed look, look bright. All right. So let's move on to the diamond sports. We'll start with baseball. They actually got swept by Georgia state. Uh, they lost six to se- 16 to seven on Friday and then dropped both games of the double header on Saturday, seven to six and five to one. Mm. Uh, they were scheduled to be in, Charleston to uh, face Virginia Tech on Tuesday and Wednesday. And the Tuesday game has already been canceled because of weather. So,
0: yeah, I think think it was Tuesday in Charleston, Wednesday in Blacksburg. So, I think it's like they did with Oh, okay,
1: okay. So,
0: so they're going going to Blacksburg on Wednesday, and that game got pushed to four, I think.
1: Okay my mistake on there that is the only mistake we will ever make on this show hey, it's been a couple of weeks man we're yeah. getting better <laughs> yeah um but uh talking about baseball right now they're in the cellar uh yeah. in, in the conference yeah they're, they are. they're last yeah. um uh, and that has just happened with uh the last couple of weeks they've had you know uh losing series and series and series and and then this last one getting swept but uh, we talked about this they don't even really have home games. You know, there's, you know, going up route two is not the same. There's no indoor batting cage. Walk right out from your practice facility to go out onto these games. The games in Charleston, you're driving 50 minutes up there. Uh, it's just not the same. Right. So, it's uh, Coach Bill's first season in here. None of us expected. We we were hopeful that we would come in and make some noise and be in the top uh, echelon. But the deck was kind of stacked. Those cards were stacked against us to come in and try to make that noise in year one. I, don't I even,
0: think we we have to
1: make these excuses,
0: right? I mean, I know you're not well, making yeah. excuses. You're pointing out the obvious. Sure. But we we all knew what this league was, man. We yeah. knew we yeah. knew what it was. It was not Conference USA. Conference right. USA was good baseball league. It was somebody's a different animal
1: level, different right? animal yeah
0: so does it suck to be at the bottom hell yeah it sucks to be at the bottom do i think we'll be there in 2 or 3 years absolutely
1: not well i was going to say what i was saying about this is i really see a turnaround happening next year mm-hmm. uh you know and, and again we're not out this season is not over we just i'm talking about right now we just happen to be in the cellar yeah. you know we have time to turn it around this season and finish strong um and you know, maybe you make a little bit of noise and and win a, a game in the in the tournament. But yeah, um, my point is, I think that with getting a facility and everything, I think that we are actually going to have a full year. Remember, I didn't even bring up Coach Bills got named uh, four weeks, six weeks before the season started. Yeah, so he didn't get a full off season to do his no. thing. Yeah, uh, definitely didn't get to recruit. But definitely didn't even get to coach that much, you know, so uh, all things said, you know, we we haven't had a whole bunch of coverage on on baseball Uh, next year. I feel like we're going to have a much better team. We're going to have a lot to bring you uh, that is more positive than what we've had so far this year.
0: Well, I feel like we will also have an identity of a baseball team, right? Because not that Bill's – We look, we haven't talked to him. We don't Mm -hmm. know what's going on around the program. We don't know, right? So he comes in and gets the job. He doesn't have the opportunity to, like, build the staff the way he wants to. I don't know if he's going to make any changes. But he didn't get to do that. He didn't get a recruiting cycle. He didn't get to do anything. And now we're seeing as the season has progressed – the semblance of a recruiting class has come to fruition. You got like four or five guys that have committed to the herd, and uh, the, we picked up an infielder just this past week from uh, Cincinnati area. I can't think, I can't remember his name right now. I, I should have written that down. My bad. But you know, portal works in baseball too. So you go out and find some pieces. If you if you feel like you need a few more outfielders, you go find a couple if you can't recruit them. If you feel like you need a few more pitchers, you go see if you can find some of those guys. And you put together a team that is built in your image, right? Because mm-hmm. Bill's one at a high level. We we heard Christian Spears talk about that. And uh, he's got full faith that we'll see what, that in Huntington in a couple of years. And I would like to think if I'm a head coach and, and I get to go hit the portal and I'm going into these living rooms of these uh, high school prospects, and I'm just like, look, look at the renderings of this brand new baseball field. You're gonna get to play in that first, right? right? That's got to be a huge sell, man. It's got to be a huge sell. It's got to be cool to be like, I'm gonna be the first guy with that locker ever. Mm-hmm. That's a cool thing to me, you know. So let's give it a year and let's let's see what it looks like after at least um, Bills has a full offseason to put his stamp on this program and start to really build it the way he wants to build it. You know, he was put by, behind the eight ball a little bit and not being able to do what, a lot of the things he wanted to do, I would like to think. So this is this is really, to me, you know, um, year one, like even though this season is basically over, you got SBC championships coming up, but even after that's over, this is still a continuation of year one for Bills because now he's getting his, his first – Basic off-season, full off-season. Right. Yeah. So I, I feel like baseball is, is going to be a bigger part of our show next year, um, and rightfully so. Uh, you know, we talked about the results and stuff, but to be able to drive across town like you do and go to the dot and watch a game, you're going to be able to go to the Jack and watch a game, right? And yep. that, that makes a difference. It makes a difference.
1: Oh, It's a huge difference, and I can't wait as a, as a baseball fan. I cannot wait to go there in person. Uh, right now, I just I cannot go up to Route Two. I mean, right. uh, it, it has nothing to do with anything more than my schedule and everything like that. But um, I will be able to to bounce over just across town, or if I'm already in town, stop by even if it's for an inning or two or whatever. Right. But right. Um, anywho, uh, let's move on to softball, okay. and uh, we'll finish this up they uh, lost their first ever Sun Belt conference series um, Friday against Texas state. They were shut out for the first time in 89 games. Wow. Did not know they, that when they lost three to nothing. Now, if I have that stat wrong, I'm sorry, but uh, I'm fairly certain I heard that on Saturday. Um, speaking of Saturday, they won uh, two to one and that was uh, on a huge bomb. I was there. Uh, of course, I try to be there as often as I can. Um, huge bomb by Adam Owen, uh, to, to give them that win. Um, and then uncharacteristic bad game with errors and just seemingly nothing going their way. Couldn't get the bats going. Couldn't stop the bleeding on, uh, pitching and defense. They, uh, got beat nine to one in, uh, the Sunday finale. Yeah, it was
0: tough, right? the 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 only win they notch on Saturday happened to be Senior Day, so at least mm-hmm. they had a positive Senior Day to to uh, you know send our three seniors out on a note of positivity. But a couple of things, right? You lose your first Sunbelt Belt series all season. It's the final one at home, which sucks in its own right. But if that doesn't drive home the fact of what Louisiana has done, winning now eighty straight series yes. uh, over a decade, that's pretty awesome. And I wish we could go a, a softball segment without bringing them up, but it, what they do is, is pretty dominant and you have to talk about it because it's, it's awe inspiring. But look, uh, Sunday's game was rough, right? Uh, it's first game, first time all season that, uh, I can recall Sid didn't go complete game. You know, um, I'm, it may have happened, but I don't recall it happening. So Sid, Sid get, Sid got pulled early and, uh, they put in, um, I don't know, some relief pitching and, and it just continued. Texas state bats were hot and that's not really their game. Texas state lives and dies on great pitching and solid defense. And they, and you know, so they usually don't have these huge games with offensive outpourings, but they were just hitting it where our guys were or our gals weren't. That's it. You know, we had a couple of good hits in that finale. Um, Alex Coleman, you know, put one over the right fielder's head, kind of a a little gap shot type deal. And, um, I made the tweet, like, if that catches a funky carom, you know, it just hits a beam or something in the outfield fence and shoots over towards the foul line, she's going to round them all because she had, like, stand-up triple, you yeah. know. And that was really most of the excitement for the herd. It was just a bad offensive out, uh, bad offensive day and sucks to close it out that way. But, look, I like to, you know, we like to put a positive spin on things. Uh, it's never good to lose games like that, and and I hope Coach Megan's not listening to this and rolling her eyes when I say it, but sometimes this is good. Sometimes you need to get a little punch in the mouth to get refocused and, and uh, it's a good time to do that. They, they need to go down to, uh, what is it? Georgia Southern or Georgia state? One of those Georgia teams,
1: Georgia Southern,
0: Georgia Southern. If we sweep that series, we will finish no worse than third, I think in the standings. And we talked about the importance of being top one or two to get that by it would, it would suck to be in second place, first, second place, all season long to have it slip away on the final, you know, couple weekends of the, of the season. But Let's go down there and sweep those girls, man, and, and solidify at worst a third seed, and see if uh, you know we can leapfrog back in front of Troy if they have a bad series, and we can get uh, up to number two. But we've got to go handle our business, and uh, we know we're capable of doing that. You know, it's been a little bit of a, a back and forth, up and down offensive showing for the last month or so. So let's tie it together this week and go out strong, man. Let's sweep the series and and solidify that number three seed, and hope to jump back
1: up to number two. You know, this is not an excuse, but uh, sickness was going through the uh, the entire clubhouse there uh, this, this entire weekend. And um, again, players play hurt, players play sick, and that's, I mean, Texas State may have had the flu for every player as far as I know. I don't know. Uh, but I'm just saying that Things happen sometimes, so it's not exactly a, man, what happened to the softball team? They fell off a cliff in this series. When you're talking about all season long, 50, what is it now? They're 40-9, so 49 games going into the last, or 40-8, I can't remember which mm-hmm. they are, uh, going into the final series. One game out of the year, they had a, a bad game. Right, you know, right. I mean, right. one out of 49, one out of 48, whichever it is, that's still crazy good, you know, that you only had one bad game. <laughs> I think and, anybody would take that, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> and, again, a loss is a loss. So losing 9-1, to one, yeah. to me, uh, let them get that out of their system. Let them feel what that's like. Yeah, too. that's what I mean. Uh, it can be beneficial. Yeah. and And rally, like you said, go down and – make some noise at Georgia Southern Thursday, Friday and Saturday. By the way, it's not a Friday, Saturday, Sunday okay. because the um uh I think it's May the 10th. I've got it right here. Um on the Sun Belt Conference, yeah, starts on uh May the 10th. Okay. So it's so, a single elimination, right? So we talked yeah. about that last week. You really need to
0: try to get up into that top 2 if you can. Louisiana has all but Clinched and they may have clinched the number one seed. So it's a battle between the herd and Troy, I think, for that number two spot. We really need Troy to go up and lose. Is it Troy? I or thought it's South, South Alabama. Alabama. It might be South Alabama. I think it's South,
1: Louisiana and South Alabama, okay. and then we're right there with them.
0: Might be it's one of those two. It's probably a South Alabama. The the they have the pitcher that you know kept keeps winning the uh Sunbelt pitcher of the week over Sid, which is still baffling. I mean, she's good, but damn, so's ours. Um Either way, we need them to drop a series, you know, go lose two out of three. The herd needs to really go in there and sweep this series if we can. And uh, maybe we can leapfrog back up in there in that number two spot. That's really, really going to matter. That's really going to matter. So we need that to happen. Um, But let's do it, man. Let's take care of business. Season's not over. These girls are not going to fold. They're not going to fold. We still could go up and and have things not go our way, but it won't be because um, they're not giving it all they got.
1: Here's the standings, and we are 40 and nine overall. But in okay. the conference standings, Louisiana is 19 and two. Um, South Alabama is 17 and four. Marshall is 14 and five. If you remember, we had a couple of uh, rainouts down there at Coastal, or no, app, app. I mean, app that, that we didn't get to finish. Uh, and then Troy is 14, six and one. Okay. So, uh, so we need to
0: sweep, and South Alabama needs to go one and two, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. If they if they go uh, two and one, we're, there's no chance we can catch them. Okay. Yeah. So that's what we need to have happen. That's
0: it. That's it in a nutshell. You go sweep at, uh, uh, what did you say, Georgia Southern? Georgia Southern. We go sweep Georgia Southern, and and we, we need a little help from South Alabama. It's never the uh, position you want to be in. You want to just be able to handle your own business, but that's not where we are right now. So all we can do is go win. So let's go win, damn it!
1: By the way, South Alabama has won ten in a row, and uh, Georgia Southern has lost nine in a row. So,
0: so does it say who uh,
1: South Alabama's playing? Who's their final? Well, I can click on it real quick. Maybe it's uh, Louisiana. No, uh, they are playing Troy. Okay, so, so that's that's tough. They both got a lot on the line there. Troy is just below us, uh, uh, and both of them, if they can split, we hope that Troy goes two and one and that we outpace Troy and we'll yep. finish up above them. Uh, but uh, I, we, we cannot catch Louisiana. Oh, no, no. no. Uh, if Louisiana were to lose their first ever series in 81 series, uh, they would still, uh, the way I'm looking at it, Depending on the tiebreaker with them in South Alabama, but I think they own the tiebreaker against yeah. South. Um, well, they'd have to because they have won the stars. series. Yeah, sure. So uh, all South Alabama could do if Louisiana wins one game, even, is yeah. tie them, and then they would still lose. So, so, so Louisiana Louis has locked has, up the number one. They they have to they have to be swept, and South Alabama has the sweep for. Okay for them to get it, but it's looking like Louisiana and either South Alabama and Marshall.
0: Yeah.
1: All right. One one of the, one of those to get that, that that, uh, double buy or just go win the damn thing.
0: Shall we? What are we, what are we speculating on? Let's just go win three and see where the dice fall. Damn it.
1: But anyway, that, no, that takes us all okay. uh, around the herd and everything, and uh, we are coming to the very end here over, uh, <laughs> you know, we've got baseball after, after next week's show. Baseball will be the only, if I'm understanding it correctly, the only thing that we'll still have uh, going on uh, for this uh, spring until we, till we get to the fall. Let's do it, man. Let's finish strong. Seeing baseball boys go up in there and make a little bit of noise, catch
0: a little bit of fire, and ruin some seasons for some guys. That would be pretty freaking awesome. That would be pretty freaking awesome. So if you got nothing else, no final words, take us out of here. If you got some, let's have one.
1: Nah, so whether you see us at the cam, whether you see us at the dot, whether you see us at the Joan, no matter where you see us, we're going to be saying, oh, wait, let me add or you see us over at uh, the 1837 NIL Honors Club as we volunteer our time over there because you have stepped up to the plate and you became a member of the 1837 (laughs) NIL Honors Club. No matter where you see us, we're going to be saying, go hurt,
0: Go hurt." It's the Thundercast. We'll see you uh, next week. Later.